All right, welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, the daily live NHL show Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. If you're watching on Twitter right now, you want to interact, you want to post comments or questions, you can head over to the YouTube channel so that we can see your comments in real time because unfortunately we won't see them on Twitter. But you could follow us on Twitter at Edgework Show for notifications and updates of when shows are going live. And then go over to the YouTube, click subscribe, and turn on the not- notifications so you get notified when we do go live on that channel. It is Thanksgiving weekend, so first of all, happy Thanksgiving, happy American Thanksgiving, and uh, Thanksgiving weekend in the NHL is typically the barometer for success for NHL teams. It, it's kind of the deciding factor of what will happen with team seasons and how things may go, how things may shake up for different teams. At this point right now, today obviously we have no games, so we're going to dig into some of the biggest takeaways, the disappointments, surprises, and then look at some of the futures markets and see if there's any value still on the board coming out of this weekend looking ahead to the rest of the season. So, I mean, Russ, we did see the New Jersey Devils lose their uh, or end their 13-game winning streak last night as they look to make it 14 against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Somewhat controversial, as you can probably see if you follow along on twitter with people going nuts about it but you said to me before we started there is no way we get through this show at all without looking at the new jersey devils in most of these conversations that we're going to have here today so let's start with some of the biggest surprises of this season and i mean for me it's going to be new jersey right away i think it's hard to avoid it's not only the fact that they went on this 13 game win streak it's not just the fact that they've won so many games but it's the fact that they've been so dominant to start this season what are we making of the new jersey devils so far this so far to start this year yeah i think this is a necessary place to start for sure just because we can run over this briefly everybody and their mom has been talking about the devils man this team <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, we've been on them quite a bit. We've been on them. We've been on their overs this year. And I think we've picked up four or five different uh, four or five units on, on all of those plays. But I think um, I think one of the interesting things to look at is how the market has adjusted on the Devils. Um, they're right now they're fifth in Stanley Cup futures. They're third in the president president's trophy standings um, They're their uh, Lindy Ruff is first for the Jack Adams at two point two two hundred fifty to one. So it's interesting to look at as a value perspective. There's probably really nothing left on the Devils. Now, does that mean that we shift and start looking to play against the Devils at some point? That's probably a train that I'm not going to step in front of. Um, you know, a, a few weeks back, we got in at the Devils at plus 50 to 1, at 50 to 1, or so plus 5,000 to win the Stanley Cup and 30 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference. And you know, we, my buddies and I have been chatting about that every week because these these futures just keep dropping. And so I don't think that this is a team that will follow through all the way and win the Stanley Cup. But, man, this is a sure, surely a fun team to bet on and to watch going forward. And like you said, I'm sure you were going much crazier than I was last night watching that game, Zach. But, yeah, that was a that was an absolutely insane finish. And some of those goals that got called off were nuts. But like uh, like Somo said, he's he's got he said he right before the chat started, we were talking about uh, results and and so money said that you've got the Devils graded as eighteen and one or something like that for their for their games and, and including grading that game as a win last night for the Devils despite the uh, despite the result on the scoreboard. 
Yeah, and so money you were saying before we got on here, like this this has been more than just oh the Devils are winning games. This has been everything points to them deserving to win these games, whether it be just by the eye test and how they're playing and how they look. And I mean, I talked about it in the game that the Leafs lost to the Devils uh, previously is like the Devils looked like they wanted to win that game more than the Leafs did. And a lot of times when you've watched them this season, that's kind of what it's been. Like there's obviously a lot of numbers to support the fact that they're winning these games and that they should be winning these games. But on top of all of it, they look like a very determined group, but let's get a little bit more info on some of the numbers there so many because I know you were talking about it prior to is like you've graded this team at 18 one and one so far to start this year. Yeah, and I mean it's not um it's not so much that the that the that the devils are good. We I expected them to be a good team. I expected them to challenge for a playoff spot. It's more so the extent of their domination, right? So usually when in sports, when a team is this good or um, starts off in this way, um, you do expect some, some, some good luck wins in there. When I go through the devil's games, they control play in almost all their games. Um, They generate more chances. Um, They've, they've stabilized their, their goaltending for them for, for the most part. So this is a really good team that is showing no signs of faltering right now. Now, obviously, they're not going to continue performing at this pace. Um, we saw, um, I was talking to, um, to to a lot of my colleagues yesterday that it looks like the market has caught up on the Devils with their mm-hmm. with their pricing on, um, on the Leafs, uh, in the Leafs game yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So in, in terms of betting into the Devils, I think that uh, we're probably running out of opportunities there pretty quickly. But um, until they show signs of faltering at all, which is going to happen, um, there's I wouldn't bet against the Devils right now. But um, even even last night, I thought that, that, that they were deserving of the win, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's no signs right now. It's not going to continue, but right now there's no signs of them slowing down. Yeah, and that team is a top of, top of the rankings and basically... Mo- like all categories that you could look at there whether it be defensive statistics goaltending or or the offensive production like they're limiting chances against they're limiting shots on goal goals against and their special teams has been pretty good and then on the flip side their offense has been incredible generating chances contributing with shots on goal and actually being able to put the puck in the back of the net this team has been at the top of the league for basically the entire season so far so they've been very very good one of the teams that is surprising to me i'm interested to get your guys takes on it it's the seattle kraken um i didn't think that they were going to be now by no means are they dominant this season but they're a pretty good team right now the the Seattle Kraken are seventh in the NHL, second in the Pacific. Their offense hasn't been incredible. Like they struggle, they've struggled a little bit to score goals and generate chances at a high volume, but their defense has been very good. Ninth in goals allowed, third in shots on goal allowed. And Martin Jones, like this guy is resurrecting his career all of a sudden out there in Seattle. He's got, he's being, he's been way better than Grubauer so far to start this season. This team, 
all of a sudden they're in a position where they feel comfortable to be able to send their fourth overall pick down to the AHL and likely at some point here send him back to the minors or send him back to the to juniors maybe let him play in the world in the world juniors actually because they're just like hey we're rolling along we're looking for a playoff spot here and this guy's not necessarily contributing so we're fine without him so money Seattle being so close to you you're probably getting a decent look at them is Seattle a team that you think might actually be able to make the playoffs this season? I do. I do. Yeah. And um, so um, last year, um, they ran into tons of bad luck last year. Um, they they were actually fine, fine defensively for the most part. Um, the problem was they couldn't finish last year and their goaltending let them down immensely, right? We, we've touched on... On the way Grubauer looked last year, um, ad, ad ad nauseum here. So um, this this season, what what I'm seeing is that um, I did expect Seattle to be better. If not, just how much worse can their goaltending get, right? Um, and then you have Martin Jones, um, who has really stepped up with 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 Seattle this year. Their defensive metrics are strong. Um, they also have finishing this year, right? So they've brought in a couple of guys who 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 do who do help out with that. So um, I don't know how long their goaltending is going to last. Um, um, as much as I've got a love hate relationship throughout his career with Martin Jones, um, yeah. I I I don't know how long he's going to keep this up. At some point, we will have to see Grubauer, and we will have to see. Um, if he's able to kind of do something better than he did last year. So um, I think that Seattle can challenge for, for, for a playoff spot. Um, I don't know what's going on there with Edmonton and Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but, um, but the door is open for, for Seattle to hang on. Um, just, just, just hang out there in the fringes and possibly get in. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's a, I don't think it's out of the realm of, of possibility for the uh, Kraken to, uh, to 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 make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm uh, I'm comp- I completely agree. I'm glad you brought up the Kraken. Actually, this is a team that uh, we were pretty high on going into the season, but for some reason our metrics have not uh, played on them much. We do have a couple of futures on them that are looking pretty good. Um, one thing that I was looking at before the game was, yeah, their uh, playoff odds to make the playoffs. You can still get around minus one thirty five. And like you said, in uh, in talking about their playoff odds, that kind of brings up some thoughts on a couple other teams, namely the Oilers and the Flames and the Kings, who they're all ahead of in that division. So if you are willing to wager a, on the on the Kraken to make the playoffs, I think that that brings up a, another considerable wager on maybe the Flames or maybe the Oilers to miss the playoffs. And you could get both of those teams at – plus 300 um, for the Oilers and plus 500 for the Flames to miss the playoffs. So I think that's an interesting look. <clears throat> and I agree with uh, I agree with with so many if if they keep playing the way that they are, I think that they're going to they're going to sneak in there and it's so strange to me because Martin Jones has been a play against for the last 2 years in my model and somehow it's just completely flipped around. I mean, he's been playing amazing amazing hockey. And another interesting place to look is um We've got a long shot flyer on Dave Haxtall to win the um, Jack Adams. Now, I don't think that has much of a chance with the way that the Devils are playing and the way that the and the way that the Knights are playing. But 
he's still at he's still at 35 to one to win the Jack Adams. We got 50 to one and 60 to one. So I think that's an interesting look, especially if the Knights cool off and, the, and Seattle sneaks into the playoffs. That could be an interesting look for for the Jack Adams Trophy. But uh, generally, I agree with you so many. I, I think this Kraken will just keep it up. And this is probably a decent spot to uh, to start buying on them on a few games. Yeah, talking about the Jack Adams too, it's in an interesting spot because uh, for the most part, you're kind of looking at teams who take like a significant step from the year before mm-hmm. or turn things around or maybe it was a team that wasn't expected or like there's storylines involved in it and some a lot of times you have to take into account what the voters are thinking when you're looking at some of this stuff and how they're going to be impacted even sometimes just like emotionally by what's going on i'm looking at the odds for the jack adams this year and lindy ruff being the favorite that completely makes sense to me i understand why i'm not shocked that the next two guys on the list are there but it's also kind of funny when you consider who they are jim montgomery second in the jack adams right now uh on some books he's plus 400 to win it and then right behind him bruce cassidy in vegas plus 600 like these are guys who Jim Montgomery goes into Boston in replacement of Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy heads on over to Vegas to take over that team. Like these teams aren't necessarily teams who were bad teams prior to or had bad seasons. A lot of times it could just be the players. We're just looking for like a fresh face in the locker room and maybe not necessarily this coach is incredible, but definitely it's, it is interesting just looking at the Jack Adams sometimes because you are talking about a guy like Dave Haxtall who he's plus 1800 to win it right now he's sixth on he's sixth in the vote or six on the rankings to win it and it's like well that guy to me is probably done more for the kraken than maybe montgomery in boston or bruce cassidy in vegas because those were established teams already like those teams were what they are coming into this season there was no real changes that went on with them they kind of have figured things out in like vegas in particular they basically just dealt with injuries all of last yep. season, but the Jack Adams is a is an interesting market. That's that's for sure. Yeah, that's one um, of my most fun bets. But yeah, I just I keep pulling up the uh, the Jack Adams almost every week, and and uh, if you on Caesars, David Hackstall is uh, thirty three to one still, and that just seems way too high to me. Um, you know, like I said, that's like a maybe a three percent chance that he could win it. But if you want to take a long shot flyer and you think that the Devils are going to trip up. And that those, yeah, those top teams are clearly not going to get it. The Jim Montgomery's, the Bruce Cassidy's, the Jared Bednar's are not going to get it when they come into teams like that that are just amazing. So I think, yeah, looking a little bit further down the list is interesting. Um, another one that we had preseason that's not looking as good, but the the numbers are still are still better is DJ Smith. Uh, we had the Sens, you know, as maybe sneaking into a playoff spot, kind of surprising some people with that young team. And we got DJ Smith at right around 50 to one and he's all the way down to 22 to one. So it's just a kind of a testament to, you know, if you find those teams that get hot and they probably shouldn't be winning, shouldn't be in the playoff chase. Then I think those, those are the coaches you, uh, you need to look at for, for a long shot, Jack Adams. Yeah. yeah. That's funny because uh, during, uh, in, in our betting, we talk about uh, take the, take the stories and the narratives out of yeah. it. It's completely opposite in these kind of markets. Um, yeah. They're they're all about the stories. You need to yeah. kind of build a framework for 
why something is a feel good vote right and you and you have Definitely. to kind of think about what like the average voter would like think right so um in terms of like Jim Montgomery while Boston was supposed to be good right. they were supposed to have guys injured for 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 a long time and they all came back early right uh, new jersey um i think that we we talked with the devils even if they do falter i think that it's going to be um really hard for Lindy Ruff not to win this award um, sure. and unless if the Devils just completely tank and just completely miss the playoffs and sure. I, I, I don't I don't envision that at this point well yeah, the other I mean, thing that's interesting with it is like how closely tied some of the markets are to each other and specifically yeah. would be in my opinion like the Vesna to the Jack Adams if you are in a situation where your goaltending becomes incredible or your defense at least becomes incredible, then that puts your coach in a very different light. And then the, on the other side, when Russ, you're talking about you had DJ Smith, well, he's almost on the flip side here where it's like he's in the market for first coach to be fired at this point. And a lot of this has to do with the Sens defense and the fact that Talbot and Forsberg have not been very good this year. Then that Sens team is giving up a lot of goals. They're losing a lot of games. And now DJ Smith is going the other way with it. Like just understanding some of the markets and how they can tie into each other. Like, okay, this team's goalies, even looking at Winnipeg, Connor Hellebuck, he's been incredible this year. If that team makes the playoffs, and like he's obviously going to be a strong candidate for the Vesna, but if he doesn't win the Vesna, who's going to be a likely candidate to win the Jack Adams there, or a guy who's going to be in the tops of the conversations? Rick Bonus. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and like the and like one of the reasons why I actually bet Lindy Rock was that I actually wanted to get futures on the Devils, but um, but I missed that number and it fell out of range for me. So so we're looking around and like what can be tied in for us for for me to get some exposure on the Devils, and then if the Devils make the playoffs, it's it's because Lindy Ruff should have um, should should be a top uh, a top candidate. So like that's actually the reason why I landed on lindy ruff it's because i missed my number on the devils yeah that's yeah that makes sense yeah just um, <clears throat> okay we talked about some of the biggest surprises we've touched a little bit on the ottawa senators here but i want to get into some of your biggest disappointments i know so money yeah. has one he's ready to uh unleash on us so we'll let him get that out but biggest disappointments a lot of times you're looking at teams who were expected to like it. Basically, you're just looking at teams who were expected to be a lot better. For me, first and foremost, it would be the Ottawa Senators. They were the team that yeah. stuck out right away when getting ready for the show here today because the Senators go out, they acquire Cam Talbot. You get Claude Giroux and Alex Dabrinkit. You're looking at this team going, wow, they were the quote-unquote pesky sense. They were a team that was sticking around. They were in all the games last year. They made it hard on everybody that they played against. And you're going, well, they've acquired these new guys. They're going to be in a position to likely compete for the playoffs this year. 
right now they're sitting at 31st in the NHL. They're last in their division. They're they have not got very good goaltending so far. Like their defense has been horrible, just atrocious. That Ottawa Senators team, to me, it's wild what's gone on there. And the flip side is like Claude Giroux and Alex DeBrinkett, they've come in there. They've been point per game. Like they've been producing. They've been pretty good since being acquired. So this isn't on them. What has gone wrong in Ottawa so far this season? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it for for us. You know, we loved this team last year. I think that they had close to a winning record or a very, very high, a very high ROI on games where they were lined at plus 200 or better. And like you said, they were just the pesky sins. Every game where they were underdogs, they would always play up. They would always play up to their level. And so getting a few of these key pieces, I thought that this was really the year that this team would take another step and uh, be easily in the conversation for playoffs. And now when you look at their first, you know, the first quarter of the season, it's just been completely opposite of that. Um, you can, you know, just looking at their odds to make the playoffs, a yes is plus 800. So eight to one to make the playoffs. And so that can tell you exactly what you need to know about the market, man. These guys are just terrible. And uh, we've, we've liked them. Our numbers have liked them. We played their overs and they've disappointed us all season, including last night where they could not get any type of offensive pressure on the, on the nights at all. So I don't know, man, like you, this is definitely one of my top disappointing teams of the year. Um, I'll kick it over to so money and see if you have anything to say about, about the Sens, but them. And I think the Oilers are going to be my two, two top disappointing teams so far this first quarter. Yeah. On, yeah. on, on the Sens, I think that sometimes the, uh, the weight of expectations can, 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 be, can become a burden, right? Um, they have, they, they brought in all these new guys. They were expected to all just come together and just, gel immediately and become this good team sometimes it just doesn't work that way in sports right like you have um they just haven't come together and it doesn't help that they that that they don't get goaltending most nights either right so um it's one of those situations where um maybe give the guys more time to like um to like get it together um their goaltending surely cannot continue like this the whole season um although uh, it's tough to say, right? But um, yeah, it's just it's it's tough to explain. Um, when they started the season, they were actually driving play a, a lot of nights. That, that 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 has changed recently now. So so not only are they not driving play, um, they're not getting good goaltending, and of course that coincides with 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 their poor results as well. So um, very 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 disappointing team. But I generally tend to stay away. Um, preseason from teams that have brought in a lot of new faces that are expected to make an immediate impact i think that that's um that's that that's just too hard for 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 it to come together like that so um i, I wasn't high at, as high on the sense but i don't think that they're this bad either interesting yeah, and I mean, on top of that, you're saying like new faces coming in, guys who are going to be bigger names are expected to do big things within that team. Like we kind of experienced that to an extent with the Calgary Flames to start this season. They yeah. go out and they they had a massive overhaul of certain guys. Johnny Goudreau, Matthew Kachuk go out the door and you bring in Huberto, Kadri, Mackenzie Weger. Like that's big names that are coming in. You can't necessarily just expect them 
to have immediate chemistry with the team. So when everyone's hammering the panic button to start the season, sometimes it's like, all right, let's pump the brakes here. These guys will figure it out. They already had a good base. They were already a good team. They have a good coach. Like, let let this play out. Let's see if they can build up some chemistry over the next little while so that I can kind of get things on the right track. Now, so money, there is a team out in Western Canada who is going to be on a lot of people's list as one of the biggest disappointments. And I'm sure you have to deal with this already of real of knowing this is a reality. Last night on uh, on my Leaf show, one of the pe- people recommended we trade for JT Miller. And I pulled up his contract. He will be making $8 million until 2023 with no move clauses. This Canucks team has continued to make crazy move after crazy move including trades and signings handing out contracts whether it be pr nightmares or just ridiculous stuff with their salary cap and now this team is in a bad position in terms of how they've started this season how are you feeling about the vancouver canucks right now well so (laughs) i've been i'm 38 years old right um I guess I've seriously been watching hockey and the Canucks, like let's say you start at like six or so, right? So 32 years, right? Of those 32 years, there's been probably one or two years that I've not been disappointed in this team, <laughs> right? So, and it's and it's not even so much the play on the ice because we knew going into the season, they haven't addressed their defense. There's, it's It's going to be a fire drill back there most nights. Um, they are going to get into high variance, high event games. That was all expected. What is disappointing is stuff that is um, very easy to control and should not be coming up. And what I mean by that is um, things with management, right? Like throwing your coach under the bus, who's 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 already a lame duck coach. You're 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 talking about team structure on a team that obviously doesn't have any structure because they don't have the personnel in place in order to have a structure on defense, right? So um, now you're just compounding the issues. And I watch it every night. I see it. You have the defensemen who are throwing it up the middle because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, right? They're not getting it off the glass. They're not getting it off the boards. Everything is just funneling up the middle into the neutral zone. And and what and what hurts the Canucks every night is is the turnovers in the neutral zone and the transition back the other way. But that doesn't change because if you if you're already doubting what what your coaches are saying based on the messages coming down from management, these kind of things creep up in play. So. I've always said, if you don't like your coach, get rid of your coach. Because now what's happening is that it's it's seeping down onto the player level on the ice. And to me, that is unacceptable. I can accept a team that was not supposed to be good. I didn't expect the Canucks to make the playoffs, right? I don't, and I wouldn't have been shocked if they missed the playoffs. But now it's impacting their play where they can't do things at a very basic level. And, and that's going to stunt the development of players. That's going to um, reduce the market value. That's going to depreciate your assets. So it, it, 
it has a cascading effect, right? So I think that that's, it's, it's the management that I'm the most disappointed in. If you want to make your move, make your move, but stop, sure. stop with like the rest of this nonsense. Yeah. And you have, uh, you have a future on the Bordeaux as the first coach fired, right? I do. I do. And that's another, that's another disappointment too, right? Like, <laughs> it should have been gone by now. <laughs> like, okay, like maybe it's not nice to like fire coaches during Thanksgiving, like fine, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, like we've been talking about this for like the last like couple of weeks now, right? Like he is gone, right? He, he will get fired this season at some point. Just do it and let yeah. me win my bet as well. <laughs> and another thing that so money has been spot on on that probably Zach and I should have listened to a little bit more is you just said their defense was an AHL defense. And I'm looking right now, since the start of November, they're nine and two towards the over. So we should have just been smacking the over pretty much. <laughs> like it's crazy. They probably should be at lined at seven now and they're, they're not. So you were, you were very early on that. We did have the over against the Knights a couple nights ago and stuff like that. And uh, so I think that was spot on, man. Well, and the other thing so money's kind of talked about too is like you would have never expected. It was something you said, I think, two weeks ago maybe. You would have never expected that Thatcher Demko going in the net would be a lean to more goals being scored. Like yeah. that's the guy who's going to be a stud. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, Thatcher Demko's in the net. <laughs> like look at the over. <laughs> run yeah. to it quick yeah he just gets bombarded yeah. there's no defense yeah and, and and like the biggest indictment against against demco too is like a coach who is on the ropes who needs to win to save his job is not starting him every game right now right like like um spencer martin is getting tons of starts now like for the most part they're actually they're actually rotating so so mm -hmm. that actually says a lot a coach that needs to save his job is not playing demco every night yeah, I just pulled it up. Yeah, they are 32nd in the NHL in high danger shots against. So yeah, they have, you know, they've got their hands full every night. They're just getting peppered. Yeah. Um, okay, before right. we wrap this up, I want to go biggest takeaways. Maybe it's, uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily like a surprise or a disappointment or a prediction or anything. But if there's a storyline that's gone on that you guys are looking at um, now to start, I'll give an example here. My one of the biggest takeaways for me at this point and like knock on wood as a Leafs fan that this is able to hold up. But Kyle Dubas may have made the best goaltending moves of the offseason. Mm -hmm. For a guy who came into this year who was being ridiculed for what went on in the net, whether from basically finishing last season to watching Jack Campbell walk away to all of a sudden Matt Murray is the number one guy and people are looking at him like he's the laughing stock of the NHL for having made that move. He's looking pretty good for that right now. I was high on Samsonov coming into the season just based on the fact he's a young guy. Uh, he was a high draft pick a few years ago. Like he's he's a guy that could still turn things around. Some goalies just don't necessarily fit into their roles until later on in their careers. Like it's, it's a thing that can happen with guys. I was excited about that prospect, but I myself was nervous about Matt Murray. That, that move, these moves by Kyle Dubas this off season, it's looked pretty good so far. And then also add on to that, the fact that Jack Campbell has been a shooter tutor in net for the Edmonton Oilers. Like it's looked, it's looked exponentially better. Yeah. I yeah. And, um, go ahead. I, go ahead. And I I don't think I I really appreciated it at the time, but like but but like looking back, like 
it's the right move on your goaltending if you don't have a established elite goaltender that you try to bring in as many low cost guys as you can and you hope that something sticks and the good thing with like the with like the Leafs right now is that um both guys right now they they, they look good right so um i think that going forward um, teams who don't have that elite goaltending established, I think they can kind of look at this Leafs model as like maybe maybe that's the way to go. You don't need to bring in one guy and hope that he's that he's the one. You can bring in a couple of low cost guys and hope that one of them pan out. Yeah, like the platoon model, yeah. basically run with the platoon like that. That can help you basically. One of the things that can bite you in the ass with the platoon model, though, is like when you get to the playoffs, you need you kind of do need one of the guys to pan out. As so many said, like you need that guy to be like, all right, I'm going to be the guy now and take over. If you get in a situation where they're both like just playing well, but not great, then you could be in a little bit of trouble. But yeah, like the platoon model is uh, it we've seen other teams have success with it as well. I mean, even looking at Pittsburgh with their goaltending situation now, it's not the ideal situation because they've had times where one of them has been bad and then you kind of have to ride the other guy and to Smith and Jari, but they've kind of been rocking with that for the last couple of seasons. And that's kind of why they felt comfortable walking away from Matt Murray there. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting situation with the goaltending in Toronto so far. Russ, are there any takeaways that you have so far of this season? Yeah, I think we we touched on it a little bit, and I will, uh, you know, I won't I won't take the low hanging fruit with the Devils just because we we sort of talked about that at the beginning of the show. Um, but I think, I mean, one of the most interesting things to me, or the biggest takeaways to me, is that Pacific Division. Um, it's surprising to me how amazing the Knights are so far, and it's surprising to me how poor the Flames and the Oilers have been playing. The Flames were one of everyone's favorite teams going into the season. I saw people putting out 20 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, 18 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, 16 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, and they've just been completely disappointing. And as far as our model, my model just has not liked them. I think, um, as so many touched on, just bringing in all of those new players and hoping that they all, you know, they all play well together right away is kind of a stretch. So I think that the biggest takeaway is that crazy is that crazy Pacific division and kind of uh, playing off of that. I think there are a few futures that might hold some value. Now, I love the Oilers. My team has loved the Oilers. My going into the season, my models love the Oilers, but they're just playing terribly. Their back end is awful. Their goalies are terrible. So I think an interesting look is you can think about either the Oilers or the Flames to miss the playoffs. Now, both of these teams are hugely plus money. And um, like we talked about earlier with the Kraken sneaking in there and maybe the Kings sneaking in there ahead of them, I think you could put a, you could put some pocket change on the Oilers to miss the playoffs at plus 300 and the Flames to miss the playoffs at plus 450. And one of those might cash. Um, and that's probably a little bit of a long shot, but I think that the, the biggest takeaway is just how uh, how convoluted and crazy this Pacific division is going to be other than the other than the devils like i said at the beginning i know that i know so money still loves the flames so he's not going to like that take at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i just think that uh flames are fine i think that uh they just need more time and they're and they're they just need to get healthy that 
thing to get their defense back in uh back back in full gear. I I don't disagree on the Oilers. I think that yeah. we need to uh probably um realize that there's a real possibility that the Oilers just they are who they are in the standings. And the reason I say that is um what if Campbell can't turn it around? What if they don't give Skinner the keys? What if um um all their like injuries um like they're their depth has been has been exploited and we've touched on this before they're they're a top heavy team where if you take one of the top six guys out um they're they're a lot easier to to defend than a mm-hmm. team with connor and like and a dry sidle should be yeah, yeah there is a significant drop from the top to the bottom with the oilers yeah. there like a very significant drop off between those guys and yeah. it's kind of a problem where like, hey, it's great to get to watch Connor McDavid play the minutes that he does, but if you got to run the guy out there 82 games a year playing, like, 25 minutes a night, that's not going to work out for the better over the look over the course of a long, grueling NHL season. Like, you need depth. You need guys to be able to help you out. And part of the problem where I look at with the Oilers is, like, when I when we talk about depth, like hey, it's nice to be able to get low end score or scoring from the lower end of your lineup, but part of the problem that they have is just like it's not necessarily even that they're just not scoring, like they're just bad. And once you get down to the bottom end, they're kind of a net negative on the team when the lower end of their lineup ends up out on the ice. And so if you really have to have McDavid out there now to not only score goals for you, but prevent them as well because you can't trust the other guys. That's when you run into serious problems with the team. Yeah, and God forbid, yeah, uh, McDavid or Dreisaitl go down. You know, obviously, I'm never going to root for an injury, but if, you, if something like that happens and you're holding a plus two fifty to miss the playoff ticket, um, you're going to be feeling pretty good about you know about your position. So I think that uh, that plus two fifty to miss on the Oilers, as much as it pains me to say, is a is a pretty solid look. Yeah. So money, are there any final takeaways for uh for you from the first quarter of the NHL season at the Thanksgiving checkpoint here? Yeah, so it um it's not really team related, but it's more betting related. Um <clears throat> excuse me. I think that um um there's there's not that big of a difference between backup goalies and starting goalies beyond beyond the elite like Vasilevsky and Shesterkin that that the market implies on most nights. I think that once backup goalies get announced, um, I think there's a big over-adjustment on those. And, um, it really shouldn't be overshot as much. So I think that um, um, that is something that I've taken away and something to keep in mind. That, um, yeah, the things are think, things are different right now. Uh the the difference with the backups is not as great as it has been in yeah. past years. Like you said, sometimes the backups are even better, you know, than the starter in the case of the Oilers. So yeah, I completely agree. Ah, fair enough. All right. Well, there's things to look out for. Some of our biggest surprises and takeaways, some interesting bets to look at, whether it be Oilers or Flames to miss the playoffs, or if you're looking into the Jack Adams awards, just keep in mind some of the storylines that go along with these. And that would uh, also imply, apply to the uh, the Vesna trophy as well. And just remember when voting or when betting on some of these things, they are voted on awards. So take into account how maybe the voters would feel about something, the storylines that could go into it. 
Thank you so much for tuning in here today. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. No NHL games tonight, but there are a full slate of NHL games tomorrow, so we will be back on Edgework. Myself, Rob Pozzola, and Andy McNeil of Eason will be back tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Subscribe to our YouTube Follow us on Twitter at Edgework Show to get notified when we're about to go live. Russ, so money. Thanks for joining me today. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, if you have any NFL bets today, good luck on those. Yep. Good luck. Cheers, guys.